Welcome to If You Only Knew, brought to you by the Diversity Movement, where Dr. Debbie Stroman talks race and diversity in sports with some of the most influential leaders at the intersection of athletics and racial equity. On today's episode, Dr. Debbie talks to three black female student athletes from Duke, field hockey's Darcy Bourne, basketball's Michaela Boykin, and lacrosse's Lexi Joseph. Today, they're talking about what it's like to be a student athlete in 2020, including all of the challenges it has brought. Here's your host, UNC professor, entrepreneur, speaker, consultant, and advocate, Dr. Debbie Stroman. I want the checks, you keep the mate. It's been exhausting carrying the weight. It's been exhausting carrying the Welcome to If You Only Knew with Dr. Debbie Stroman. And I am excited today because I've got the top talent from Duke University. Now, I'll tell you, I am a big, big supporter of the ACC, having played basketball at Virginia. And now I'm over on the dark side. And I know the Tar Heels don't want to hear that. But I am at UNC as a professor. But Duke colors, royal blue is my favorite color. And I've always been in awe of the amazing, amazing university that has a rich tradition in academic success and athletic success. And so I have Michaela Boykin with me. I have Lexi Joseph and I have Darcy Bourne, Duke athletes, student athletes, scholar activists. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. So I want to start off by asking you all, tell me where it all started. How did you get your beginnings? What brought you to sport at a young age? And so I'm going to start off with Michaela. Can you tell us? Yeah. So I kind of started playing basketball when I was four. So my dad, he's like a director of this gym back at home. And he would always bring me and my oldest brother to the gym and he would just have us play out there. And it was something that I kind of followed my older brother. I followed his footsteps. So it was something that I wasn't really interested in until I saw my older brother doing it. And I kind of picked up on it and just went from there. Now, four years old, the ball must have been bigger than you. <laughs> it definitely was bigger than me, so I was not making any shots, but I was dribbling. Okay, excellent, excellent. Darcy, tell me about your venture to the sport world. So I started playing every sport when I was younger, similar to Makeda. I think I played with my older brother. When I played every sport, I could get my hands on. And then I used to play women. I played in the men's soccer team, like at my school or the boys soccer team and then I got to a certain year group and they said that I wasn't allowed to play with the boys anymore and there wasn't a women's soccer team so I joined field hockey and joined my local club and it kind of just went from there I guess. I know United States is your country as well but tell us about where you grew up. Yeah so I'm from England I grew up just outside of London I'm just I guess in the states for college. Oh no we're going to try and keep you here. <laughs> and Lexi how about you? Kind of like Darcy, I played a lot of sports when I was younger. No one in my family really played lacrosse except for my older cousin. Lacrosse was just something at my school to do after school. I wasn't really good at it until I got much older. It was really awkward for me. So it was kind of just the enrichment activity until I got good and I really started to love it. Now we have something in common. I'm also from the Philadelphia area. I, outside of Philadelphia, I went to Conestoga High School. How about you? I went to William Penn Charter. A lot of the girls on my travel lacrosse team went to Conestoga. Yes, big, big lacrosse country. In fact, when I went to UNC for my graduate degree, I actually joined the lacrosse team. At that time, it was the club. There was no varsity lacrosse. And so I was on the team that eventually became varsity lacrosse at UNC. Oh, wow, that's amazing. 
Yeah, and it was uh, it was a highlight for me because again, lacrosse is so big in the Philadelphia area, and I'd never really learned how to cradle well. Why we just play defense, and then when I would get the ball, just run as fast as I could <laughs> and take a shot on goal. So, but definitely, it's great to have this Philly connection. Hundred percent. All right. So, any sport do-overs? As in, what are your highlights? Highlights from your sporting career before Duke, before you came to Duke? Anything that you really, really will always treasure. And I want to start off with Darcy. So I'd say one of my highlights was when I first got picked to play for the England national team. I was 14 playing for under 16. So that was quite a big game for me. And I knew then that I loved it and I wanted to keep going with hockey. And then I think it was under 18s, we had Europeans and we played against Germany in the pool rounds and they beat us by quite a lot. And we had them in the semifinals, sorry, the third and fourth playoff. And we were 2-0 down at half time, and then we won it back 3-2 and we were the underdogs and it was just the most amazing feeling us coming together and our captain got the flu that morning as well so we had everything stacked against us but we came together strong and it was a game I won't forget. Well definitely you won't forget that and especially because you're representing your country against mm -hmm. the rival country so that's yeah. awesome awesome. How about you Michaela? Yeah so I would say my biggest moment or highlight in high school before Duke would be my school winning a state championship. It was the best experience because we also played at NC State's arena and it was the first year that it was built. So it was kind of fun. It was a sold out arena. We won by like 10 points, but it was like one of the biggest games of my high school career. Well, you're a North Carolinian, so you have to tell us what school you went to. Yeah, I went to Clinton High School in Clinton, North Carolina. So it's a small town, you know, country, country folks out there, but it's very enjoyable. A lot of things to do there. All right. So I'm not a native North Carolinian, so I don't have the, all the counties memorized. So for people listening all around the country, what city is Clinton near? Yeah. So actually, Clinton is the city, but we're in Sampson County. So the county is Sampson County. Sampson County. You got to help me out. Give me something bigger. Raleigh, Greensboro, yeah. Charlotte. So we're, we're like 30 minutes from Fayetteville, North Carolina. So we're talking to Piedmont. It's more of like in the south central part of our state. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So I know you have more than one traffic light, right? Oh, most of most of <laughs> I'm just messing with you. All right, Lexi, how about your high school or youth highlight in your sport career? I would say we had a under the lights game in high school. So night game, which was like really exciting for us because we never got to do that at my high school. And we were playing, I wouldn't say a rival team, but definitely our hardest competition, Agnes Irwin in Philly. And we were down by two the whole entire game. Freshman year, we got beat by 14 when we played them. Down by two was pretty good. I would say I had a pretty great game. I scored three goals, which as a defender, that's pretty good. My whole family came out. Everyone came, like all the town came. It was pretty hype. And it was probably one of the most fun games I've ever played, even though we didn't win. We still only lost by one. So, <laughs> Well, that's good having perspective. But scoring three goals as a defender, that's pretty strong. So you all are elite athletes. You're in the NCAA Division One, and you've been able to take all those skills, all the things you learned from favorite coaches and family members, and here you are playing at big-time sports. And so I want to ask you, when did you narrow down and say, this is my sport? So Lexi, when did you realize that lacrosse was your first love? I would say the summer of my eighth grade year going into ninth grade, that's when I like actually started to learn how to play lacrosse, find the rules, and started to actually like it. 
it was just so aggressive and fun. And I never played a sport like that before because in every other sport, it was kind of like I had to hold back. So I would say that's when I started to realize I really love this sport and I'm good at it. And that's when I started to realize you can go to college for it because I started to get recruited in eighth grade. So I was like, this is great. I'm going to go with it. Excellent. Darcy, how about you? When did you know that field hockey was everything? Yeah, so I think it would have been the summer before eighth grade, if I'm getting the conversions right. And I was kind of choosing between field hockey and track at that point. And it was the build up to my England trials for hockey. And I think I just was thinking ahead of the trials and evaluating. And I knew that after watching, I think it was after watching the 2012 Olympics at home in London, I watched the hockey team and I knew that I really wanted to be there one day and I was just going to put everything into it. Wow. And Michaela, I know you started with the ball when you were little, but did you always know that basketball was going to be it? Yeah. So when I was younger, I first started getting recruited in fifth and sixth grade for basketball. So it was kind of something that I already knew I was going to do, but I quit playing sports in total in like eighth grade. I used to play soccer all the time up until eighth grade. And then I wanted to focus on just basketball because I already knew where I was going since eighth grade. And I just felt like it was better for me to redirect my focus to just one sport. So I just went ahead and stuck with basketball. So. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a controversy in sports right now. Well, there are a number of them. But one in particular is specializing in one sport at an early age. And so when I grew up, I played everything in high school. I was, let's see, it started out with football manager. Then I did volleyball. Then I did basketball. And then I did softball. And so the idea is that you get to work all the different muscles and you get a break from the sport that's your first love. And yet you all specialize at least starting what, ninth, 10th grade? You are eating, sleeping and drinking your sport. So tell me or convince me why that's the best way to do it. Or if you disagree, Michaela, what do you think? Yeah, I would honestly just say it's it's best if you enjoy doing something, just kind of continue doing it. I know for me personally, I just kind of stopped playing other sports because I wanted to solely focus on basketball. I wanted to make sure that my craft was perfected in basketball and that's it. To like little kids and stuff like that, I would tell them just continue to play whatever sport they want to, honestly, until they feel comfortable enough to just focus on one sport that they think they're either better at or they love more. So that would be kind of my take on it. Okay. Darcy, what do you think? So I think it's slightly different. So I still did other sports like I did a bit of track I tried out lacrosse and I did tennis at high school but just not as seriously so hockey was my main sport and I was committed to that but I kind of did it on the side just to still enjoy sport for just the fun of the game but I do think it was important for me to specialize between two sports because I was choosing between track and hockey and if I was trying to do both I don't think I could have succeeded as far in both of them. Now, to play at this level, I know you're super competitive. So when you were playing the other sports, mm-hmm. were you still trying to win? Were you letting other women kind of get the best of you sometimes? Said I went into it, like, with more of a jokey attitude. But if I'm on the court, I'm on the field, I'm going to want to win because I am so competitive. That's good. Lexi, how about you? I played other sports, still. I boxed a lot. I've been boxing since I was 10 years old. So they don't have a team for that in high school, so I didn't play for I didn't like do it actually. And I think that I would agree that doing other sports and competing with other things helps you a lot in sports. But I do agree with Michaela. If you find something you love, put all your heart and effort into it because I know that playing on a travel team, a high school team and the national team at the same time, you kind of can only focus on one. You can't do three sports and try and compete the highest level that you want. You just simply don't have the time. 
still being in school and whatnot. But I do think working out your muscles in different ways, like boxing has helped me, which is a weird thing to think about, but boxing has helped me. Basketball has helped me. Yeah. I know boxing is a great sport. I've uh, thought about taking some boxing classes and then here comes the coronavirus. So maybe I'll have to find a time to meet you in a parking lot and see what you have. I know you're from Philly. Well, I won't go there. I'll leave that alone. (laughs) So let's talk about, and this is kind of tough because I'm going to ask you to narrow it and don't include your family members as in blood relatives. But can you tell me about one coach, one teacher that really made a difference for you? And it could be Duke experience. It could be life back home and growing up. So tell me about that one coach that really made a difference for you. And how about if we start with Darcy? When you said one coach, one of my hockey coaches, when I first joined club, immediately popped into my head. He's called Will Falco, and he was like the Colts. I don't know if you guys use the word Colts, like the juniors coach. And so he took me from when I joined my hockey club. I think I was 11 years old. But he kind of mentored us through, and he kept me motivated, and he would take the time to do individual sessions with me. And I just think... He was harsh when he needed to be harsh, but soft when he needed to be soft. And I think I still talk to him now, like regularly, and he's asking me how it's going at college. And he's just been, I don't know, an inspiration. He's just been on the side the whole way through. And it's been, yeah, he's a great coach. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Lexi? I definitely have to say Colleen McGarity. She was my high school coach. She was the first coach I ever had since playing lacrosse that focused on attack and defense. So she really developed my skills. And There's a lot of awards that I wanted to get in high school that I wasn't getting simply for the fact that I was too aggressive or people didn't want to vote me in for it. And she was just blunt when she needed to be and told me what I need to do to get where I wanted to be and how to get recruited. So I will always love her for that. I still coach for her travel team. So she's always kind of been a mentor for me. And I still talk to her. and I still ask questions about a lot of stuff. She's very smart in the lacrosse world. Wonderful. Michaela, who's that coach? Yeah, so I would definitely say my head coach now, Kara Lawson, she's made an impact in my life a lot. And it's only been, what, two or three months now. She's taught me so much in such little time. And not only from a basketball standpoint, but as far as life as well. She's one of the very first Black female head coaches that I've had. And she's taught me so much in the perspective of being a Black woman, as well as being a player. Because, you know, she played at Tennessee. She played in the WBA. She's done a lot of things as, as far as basketball, things like that but she's really taught me so much in such little time. So, you know, she's one of the coaches I would have to say. Well, that's wonderful. And you have a lifetime with her, even though the career will end for all of you, but staying connected to your coaches is a wonderful thing. So let's talk about health and safety. We are in the middle, well, beginning, middle, end of a pandemic. And so I want to check in with you all. How are you all coping? And I also want to do a little appreciative inquiry that is a, uh, a theory that talks about, let's look at the best side of things. Let's look at how things are positive in the midst of. And so let's start off with first, how are you coping? Michaela, what are you doing to help yourself physically and mentally during this difficult time? Yeah, so physically, I kind of try to every day do a little bit of meditating to just kind of get my mind focused and prepare for the day. Whether that's 10 minutes, whether that's 20 minutes, 30, it doesn't matter. I try to do a little bit of that every morning. But mentally, I like to write music. So that kind of helps me in a lot of ways to kind of get my thoughts together and kind of express my emotions and feelings and things like that. And it helps me a lot because it's kind of like my center of gravity. Like basketball, yes, it's good to go on the court and and ease my mind. But whenever I write music, it's kind of like 
it's taken me to a different place as well. And it's a great place to be in for myself. So that's what I'm kind of doing. So you write music. Do you play any instruments? I don't play instruments. Well, I used to play the trombone and the flute, but I don't really play it anymore. But I also been teaching myself how to play the piano as well. But Wonderful. Lexi, how about you? I would say physically, I think just making time for myself, which may sound weird because a lot of us are isolated, but I'm still around my team a lot. We all live together. So just making time for myself, um, doing small stuff like self-care, like face masks kind of sounds trivial, but just doing stuff to remind me to just stay grounded, relax. Everything's going to be fine. Our team and our coaches and Duke has been doing a really good job of trying to keep us safe. So just to kind of relax. And then I would say, I guess mentally, I'm an art major. And art has always been something that makes me happy. I can sit in a room for five hours and paint and it makes me extremely happy. So all of my classes this year are art classes. So that's been kind of easy for me because every day I go to class, it's something that I love to do. And so it's just very relaxing. I have a great time. I love all my professors. So that's what's been keeping me pretty grounded and happy while I'm here. So I'll tell you the difference between now and then. And so when I went to Virginia, and I walked into Coach Ryan's office and we were talking about what majors we would have. And I said, I'm going to be an art major because my family has a strong artistic gene. And she looked at me and said, that's when practice is. You can't do that. And so 17, 18 years old, I was like, oh, OK. And I went on to the next major. Whereas you all today, your voice, your courage, which we're going to talk about, is so much more public. And I don't think at Duke. If someone told you you can't be an art major, that you would settle for that, right? <laughs> so it's a big difference. Darcy, how about you? How are you holding up in this pandemic? I'm good. I think physically, at the beginning of lockdown, I had an injury at home. So I took the time to actually rest because I didn't have any school, couldn't play any sport, didn't have hockey. And then from there, I tried to build and grow and use the time to work on the bits that I couldn't normally work on, like my long endurance fitness or certain weaknesses to prevent injuries, I guess. And now we're at Duke and there's so many facilities and the access we have is incredible. So I'm just trying to use that because I know during the pandemic, a lot of people don't have the access to facilities that we do now. So I'm trying to take advantage of that and enjoy my training to the fullest. And then mentally, I'd say, I guess my life has changed a lot over the last six months and it's gone from the highs to the lows and highs again. So I kind of just make sure to take the time to kind of just look around me and be like, yeah, I'm at Duke and this is great. And I'm having the opportunity, despite the fact that we're in a pandemic and to appreciate what I've got and what I can do with my life. Yes. So Lexi, how about you? What's the good side of this? What is something that you've learned about yourself during a time period like this? I think the best thing that's come out of this for me is just spending time with my team. Originally, I wasn't that close to my team, just being different. I felt different. So I wasn't the closest with my team. And because we all live together right now, because with quarantine, we can only socialize with so many people and you have to stay within your team just for obvious reasons. I've had an amazing time like getting to know my teammates better, making new friends, even though I'm a junior. I'm making new friends on my team that I didn't have before. And it's just made my experience so much better. So I think that's the best thing that's come out of this is kind of being forced to be with each other. But it's been great. <laughs> Michaela, how about you? What's the positive in a, the midst of a pandemic? Yeah, I would definitely say just learning more about myself. That's the biggest thing. During all this quarantine and stuff, that's when I found out or revealed my love for music. 
So that was the biggest thing for me is, is figuring that out about myself. And also, like Lexi, we're kind of surrounded by our team all the time. But I've also still been trying to maintain those relationships with my friends who aren't into sports and things like that. Whether that's social distancing, obviously, getting a meal together or just talking over FaceTime, things like that. Been the biggest things for me because I feel like my friend groups that aren't even involved in the sports world is super impactful to my life because they've helped me in so many different ways that people wouldn't even imagine. So that's kind of the biggest things that I've kind of found out about myself and, and revealed through this, through the midst mm -hmm. of a pandemic. Well, thank you for that. I know young people who are listening in will really appreciate hearing from you all from elite athletes and how you are managing this. And you're continuing to put one foot in front of the other. You're taking advantage of spending time with your teammates and finding other interests that really, really bring you joy. So thank you for sharing that. Now, Duke represents almost every country in the world. And when you go back to the history of Duke, so you have a lot of diversity on your campus. Should there be more? Absolutely. Absolutely. But certainly you're meeting people from all around the world, different backgrounds, experiences, races, ethnicity, sexual orientation, all of that. And right now we have two pandemics going on. We've got COVID-19, the coronavirus. And as it's been stated, we've got COVID-1619, as in when that first ship arrived on the Virginia colony called the White Lion with kidnapped and enslaved Africans. And so when we talk about race and racism, when we talk about racial equity, all the things that are going on in the United States, who do you look up to? Who inspires you? Talk a little bit about your work in terms of being aware of what is going on and whether or not you are active. Are you an athlete activist at this point? So I have to open up with Michaela. She's a part of a team that I'm a part of, the Advancement of Blacks in Sports. So Michaela, what is your inspiration? What's your motivation in this space? My motivation has been, honestly, my brothers. So just through everything that's been going on, like Dr. Stroman, you know this, a, a lot of people may not know, but George Floyd is actually my aunt's nephew. So that kind of sparked up a lot of things for me. Just watching my family, just like grieve and things like that really made me want to step up more and use my voice and use my platform in different ways. So I've been doing a lot of different things, whether it's back home, whether it's at Duke, whether it's with Outward, uh, Dr. Stroman, um, just trying to, I guess, enforce that change that, that needs to happen. Lexi's a part of the organization and Darcy, United Black Athletes, where we're trying to make an impact on Duke's campus as well, trying to come together with different groups and just kind of come together as one, because that's what we kind of need right now is coming together as one. But right now, it's, it's tough times. And me personally, I feel like I'm not going to stop until I see a lot of change. And, and that's going to take years and years. It's not something that can happen kind of overnight. It's something that has to happen. It's going to take a long time for everything to change. So it's kind of my approach to it. Oh, we thank you for that and for your voice. And Lexi, you know, we're from Philadelphia. Philadelphia is what the birth of protest. And it is in our blood. So tell me about your involvement and your thoughts on racial equity in our country today? Growing up in Philly, like I've seen a lot of different sides of the coin. I went to an all-white private school, so I saw the luxury. I saw what it's like to have privilege, what it's like to have. And I've also seen the other side of what it's like to not have. And I think seeing both sides and seeing how detrimental it can be to not have has just made me want to be an activist and want to use my voice. And just now growing up and being in a position where I can say something, I'm simply unsatisfied with how the world looks, as I know a lot of people are. And like Michaela said, I'm not going to stop until I see change. Um, and also, 
my job as someone that's the only person of color on a team, only the black woman on a team, is to push people. And I simply think the conversations we are having right now are not it. And they're not far enough and they're not going far enough. So I think that's just motivated me to want to push. I see a lot of hypocrisy in people saying they want diversity on teams, but not standing for Black Lives Matter and not standing for indigenous people's rights. So just having that viewpoint and just being able to speak out and having this opportunity to be at Duke has pushed me really far to, to keep wanting to speak out and do things to the best of my ability. Well, thank you. Thank you for that passion. And Darcy, you bring such a fascinating perspective because as a woman of color, but yet growing up in England and now in the United States at an elite university. So tell me your thoughts, Darcy. Yeah, so I guess I had a similar experience to Lexi where I grew up in a pretty white area. So private school, so I saw the white privilege and being a mixed race girl compared to a black man in the States have realized it's a very, very different story. And when I started to get more involved in the Black Lives Matter movement at home, I started to have conversations with people and it opened my eyes and I realized the obligation I had to do my part and because I felt so strongly about it because clearly something is not right and change is necessary. And then when I moved over to the States, my eyes were open. I went to the protest that the basketball teams hosted here at Duke and it hit me then like the reality of the situation here because there is racism in the UK, but it's more, it's not as overt as it is here. And it's more like you miss out on opportunities, whereas here it's like the fear and this complete inequality that's so in your face. And it just saddened me so much to see that emotion and see the reality of the situation here. And now that I'm in the position where I have this platform and I have reached to both the UK and the States, I just want to keep going until justice is found. And as Michaela said, this will take time. It's not just a moment and people keep saying this it's not just a moment it is a movement and whether that takes a year or 10 I know I'm going to keep fighting I know a lot of people will well there's no doubt having Harriet Tubman's story on the big screen made a difference for a lot of people because you see this small statured woman with the passion the heart and the courage like a lion and all that she did and thinking about what we're going through, this is nothing compared to what Harriet Tubman and so many other freedom fighters did over the uh, centuries. And so we have to continue to stay inspired. You know, as it's been said, we can be sleepy, but we can't be tired because we're not only thinking about our lives, but the people who will be coming after us. And so is there a particular athlete, activist that you all are motivated by? Anybody inspires you in particular who's doing this on a even larger stage. Lexi, anyone? I have like three athletes that I always have looked up to, kind of Muhammad Ali, Allen Iverson, and LeBron. Mm -hmm. I guess Allen Iverson's a little controversial, but I've always liked him just because he was never afraid to just be who he was. He was very blunt and open about everything. And I think that's something he changed the face of basketball. A lot of the way people dressed, the way they looked, he brought his own culture and didn't try and assimilate, which is something that I always standby. And Muhammad Ali, obviously, his whole life was about activism. He took his sport and made it a platform for him. So obviously, LeBron does a lot for social media, in person, in real life. He does a lot. He makes it known that he's not going to just shut up and dribble. He's going to keep fighting for people. So those are kind of the three athletes I've always looked up to. Thank you. Michaela. Yeah, kind of similar to Lexi. I'm definitely going with LeBron James as one. And then I want to go with Natasha Cloud. Natasha Cloud, she was in the WNBA, but she decided to opt out this year so that she could stand on the front lines and, and fight. 
and she really made an impact and she kind of led the WNBA outside the bubble with using her voice and, and coming together with the Washington Wizards and just making an impact, honestly, overall. And she's done so much. And it was very cool and unique to see Converse actually support her and push everything she was doing. So they kind of helped and sparked everything a lot, too. So definitely look up to Natasha Cloud and LeBron James. It's my top two. Thank you. And certainly their voices can influence corporate America. So that's powerful. Darcy. Yeah, I would say one person that I became aware of this year was Coco Gauff. And I listened to a few speeches she gave at protests. And for me, as like a young, she's so young, but she's so powerful and she really uses the platform that she has. And I found that so incredibly inspiring because she still had such a big impact. And then there's also a soccer player back home called Marcus Rashford, and he plays for Manchester United. And he's also extremely young. And the impact he had this summer was incredible in terms of his activism for Black Lives Matter, but also just social inequality in England. And he set up schemes and he got knighted because of it. And it's just... He showed that with that platform, you kind of have an obligation and he really fulfilled that and he exceeded it. And yeah, he's just an inspiration. Well, from the bottom of my heart, I certainly appreciate you all using your platform and using your voice to step up and to work for change and for justice and liberation, liberation of our people. So thank you for that. Now, when it's all over, and I know we have a long, long way to go, but when you are finished, and you're sitting in your rocking chair and you're watching your favorite sport teams. When it's all over, what do you want to be known for? And so let's start off with Lexi. What do you want to be known for? I think if you asked me that question last year, it would be way different than this year. I definitely want to be known for not just rolling over and letting them say what they want or do what they want. I want to be known for standing up for people and making the next generation's life a little bit easier. I definitely want to be known for somebody that fights for everybody, not just the people that look like me. Thank you. Thank you. Darcy? I want to be known as someone who fought harder than everyone else, both on and off the field, because I've always had the hard work ethic on the field. But this year, my perspective changed, my activism growing. I want to be known as someone who didn't just, wasn't active just during I guess, the popular phase of BLM, but she kept it going for everyone. And like Lexi said, for people of my color and other colors and just stood for, I know what's right and kept fighting for it. Thank you, thank you. Michaela? Yeah, I wanna be known for uh, just being more than an athlete. I feel like being called an athlete is something that people kind of just stereotype us as just being mainly just somebody who just needs to stick to their sport. Like Lexi said earlier, like the shut up and dribble but I'm way more and more valuable than being just an athlete. So I feel like I just want to be known as, as somebody who made an impact on others' lives in a positive way with making change. And it's not just about me. It's about people who come after me. Like you said earlier, it's about those younger than me. It's about their kids' kids. So just kind of making that impact and just being somebody that people can look up to as far as what I did and how I changed people's lives. Darcy, Lexi, Michaela, you're the highlight of my day. And so I thank you for your leadership on the field, on the court, off the field, off the court, for all that you're doing, inspiring, inspiring so many. In fact, you don't even know who's paying attention to you, who's watching you, but do know you're being watched. And so I'm very, very blessed and honored to have this time with you as you continue to demonstrate your leadership. You're not waiting, you're making it happen. And so 
Again, if you only knew with Dr. Debbie Stroman, with Darcy Bourne, Lexi Joseph, and Michaela Boykin. Thank you. I want the checks, you keep the bait. It's been exhausting carrying the weight. It's been exhausting carrying the weight. Been accused of stealing the refuse, my feelings. That was Dr. Debbie Stroman with Dukes Darcy Bourne, Michaela Boykin, and Lexi Joseph. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hit the subscribe button too. That way, you'll be notified when next week's episode launches. This show was edited and produced by EarFluence and is brought to you by thediversitymovement.com. Intro and outro music for this episode is from Soteria, and you can find more of her music at iamsoteria.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on If You Only Knew with Dr. Debbie Stroman. Talk about the drama, but there's more to come. Send me calling.